0: This is episode 44 of the Tabcast, and this time we have an adventure in Omaha, discuss World War II game of the future, and do a playthrough review of a game that almost wasn't when we play Mage Knight the Board Game. nicole
1: yeah we're
0: we're back from colorado i know good vacation right
1: it was it's very fun
0: two weeks off only one out of town
1: yeah the other was spent working on the house
0: Eh, not really doing too much on the house
1: we did the gutters and the
0: gutter guards whatever that's important our we're at the bottom of the bucket in our yard and every leaf in the entire neighborhood will come floating into my yard
1: Into our gutters and Into my gutters. I will clean
0: out my gutters. This is not an exaggeration. Minimum of three times in the fall and one time in the spring. Mm -hmm. If I don't put these on. I put gutter guards on finally.
1: (laughs) Homeownership.
0: Woohoo! I know. Good times. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: That's worth it. We also got up there in the mountains. We went to Estes Park. I think most people know what that is.
1: I don't know. Maybe people in this area, but not necessarily everywhere. I'd never heard of it before I met you. Really? Really.
0: Weird. No. I mean, it's weird weird to me because I mean, this this is a place that my family went to many times.
1: Right, because it's up. like a day trip away from well, not a day trip.
0: Well, like one day drive. One
1: day's drive away from Kansas City area.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah, but I grew up in Springfield, so that adds three more hours. So that makes it like a day and a half.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't come there. For, I wouldn't go there for. <laughs> just kidding, and it's... I'd still go. It's just too far. It's just a little weird mountain town. It's right by Rocky Mountain National Park. So there's tons of trails.
1: Now, if you don't know about it, it <clears throat> is where Stephen King got the inspiration to write The Shining at the Stanley Hotel is right there in Estes. That's the only reason that I'd heard of it at all.
0: I mean, that, that, might, that, that is true. Mm-hmm. And the Stanley is an impressive hotel. But what's mm-hmm. even more impressive is how all those trails out there, because the, the climate's so <laughs> arid, they stay well worn in whether people walk them or not. Mm -hmm. I really that's that's the most fun part Mm -hmm. and we went up there at this time of year at late September I wouldn't recommend going at this point because uh They already
1: had a snow where they had to close (laughs) down trail ridge road like the week after we left
0: Which is the road that goes up this really tall mountain to about 12,000 feet and You know you get to go past the tree line and into the tundra area and I mean it just it's really interesting, you know, but they've already had a big snowstorm up there and I wouldn't go up there at this point, but in late September the elk start to rut (laughs) <laughs> so they go like the, 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 you know, elk have like, you know, usually one male who runs a harem or collection of, of ladies and <laughs> they go walking around trying to trying to challenge each other to, to run these, these harems. Mm-hmm. And they, they get each other's attention by bugling, which is like the least masculine sound for such a large creature.
1: Yeah, it's very high-pitched.
0: Do, do your elk.
1: Oh, I can't do an elk. Come on! No, that's more of a cat, like a dying cat. <laughs> it's like... Roo! That was better. That was way better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was more like an aru, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's still
1: better than my dying cat. <laughs> now, so. what,
0: what this does, though, is that, you know, the, the Rocky Mountain National Park has a bunch of roads through the place, and... It just makes like this chaotic traffic jam every corner when there an, yeah, a it's like, oh, there's a single elk on the elk. side of the road. And if you've been there like three or four days, like we had, by the end of it, you're like, oh, yay, another stupid elk and uh-huh. I got to wait for this.
1: Well, <laughs> you kind of you almost get excited for a second. It's like, ooh, maybe, maybe I'll see a moose. No, oh, I never saw a single moose. Never saw a bear. Right.
0: That's what I'm always hoping. I'm I want to see like, a, Is that a bear? bear. I know. <laughs> no, never a bear. bear.
1: And were we doing the podcast when we went to Dollywood and... Didn't see bear there. Right. Yeah, I think so. We went to like bear country. You're gar- Oh, you go to this area, you're guaranteed to see a bear. And we saw no bear. Right. Hmm.
0: Never seen a bear in, in just the wild walking so, around. So
1: we did see one at the zoo. <laughs> we'll talk about that later.
0: Well, no, we'll talk about it right now. Oh, we're going to talk about we, it right now. we left Colorado and we drove to Omaha.
1: people love to hear about our vacation. <laughs>
0: I don't even care. We're doing it fast. <laughs> we drove to Omaha so that I could see Blind Guardian and... In concert okay. after waiting, this is true, 16 years for them to come within a few hour drive of Kansas City. The closest is eight hours up until now is the closest they've ever come. And they've come twice in 16 years, eight hours away from me.
1: Right. So but this now, time they were in
0: Omaha, which is... Three and a half hours. That's close. That's not
1: three and a half. It's like three.
0: Three hours, 15 minutes. Okay. There you go. We'll round up. Right. <laughs> Uh, but while we were there, we visited a game store. and Which is, is our
1: point to this whole conversation.
0: <laughs> well, we visited some other game stores, but I mean.
1: But we'd visited them before. We went to the Haunted Game Cafe in uh, Fort Collins. Yeah. And we went to uh, Black and Red in, uh, where's that place? Which Arvada. place? Arvada. Arvada? I think it's in Arvada. We went to the one in Wheat Ridge, too, but there were, like, two games there. One of them was, like, CSI, and one of them was Monopoly, some version.
0: Right. Well, we when we got to Omaha, we looked up. There were two different game stores, and one of them was, like, some sort of comics and games kind of place. Yeah, but it was closed. It always makes me nervous, too. We drove in there on a Wednesday, and it was closed at, like, 5 o'clock or something like that on a day. It was, day. like,
1: Atomic Goblin or something we didn't get to go to. We did go to that other one, though, the little teeny tiny one where you bought you bought that clearance game. You bought the uh, nothing personal expansion. What was the name of that? It was a little teeny tiny shop with like four people playing games and they had maybe they had.
0: Where was that? I don't
1: know. (laughs) All I know is that there was a Greek restaurant next door where they were very adamant. Do not park here. This is for our parking only. And they had like five different signs. And they were very stupid. I totally
0: don't remember where I bought that thing.
1: It was in Colorado.
0: It was before Estes.
1: It was in Denver area-ish. Man, I So okay, sorry about well, let's we don't need to talk <laughs> about the anyhow because it wasn't that great a, great a store. So instead of bashing the bad store. Right.
0: We got to Omaha and we went to there's two locations of this one. We went to one called the Game Shop. Right. Now shop is spelled S H O P P E.
1: The Game Shoppy?
0: Right. Uh, they have like I said, two locations. And one thing I noticed about this is this we walked in the door and it was just like stunning how much stock they had in this store.
1: It was like a game warehouse piled in a little <laughs> game store, only like fairly orderly.
0: Should I check and see if they have like an online presence? Because
1: I don't know, man. It was it was impressive.
0: There was like I'm too just sitting much. here
1: going, Oh, so many games, and I there... didn't know where to start.
0: It was nuts. And I, I couldn't nice believe it. And there were nice people
1: there, and they invited us to play games, and it was, oh, it was impressive. Impressive.
0: Right. I mean, they don't have any kind of, I mean, they do have an online site here. Yeah. But.
1: I didn't get the feeling that they were much, though, from the site. And Right. They're not, out they were,
0: they're not selling anything online. <laughs> it's just they have tons of stuff there. Tons of stuff. And a lot of people playing, And multiple playing, too.
1: copies, too. Right. Like, that was another shocking thing. Like, they had, you know, piles of some games.
0: Right. Most people have, like, one copy, maybe two of any certain game. three (laughs) max. Three if it's, like, brand new in the last couple months. Yeah. These guys had, like, three, four copies of games that are, like, over a year old, you know? (laughs) And I guess they're
1: doing pretty well because they've got two locations.
0: Right. And they, now, we went through this massive shop of of surplus amounts of games. Mm Mm-hmm and into the back and they had a lot of gaming space too. Yeah. I mean, it had plenty That's of people a nice playing. Nice little shop. And in the back of that gaming space, they had a nice amount of checked out like check-outable games and they and they this is the thing. They didn't say, "Hey, pick out any game you want, come up here and pay us and then you can play it." They were like, "Oh, you see that wall of games back there? Play whatever you want."
1: Right, but they like actually pointed it out and they're like oh well yeah hey we've got we got tons of space it's a good night i'm sure you can find somebody to play with if you're looking for it that whole wall back there that's just free you just (laughs) pick one out um there might even be somebody here that can teach you how if you don't know how and they were like encouraging us to do that which i've been to several places where they they have it but they don't talk about it they just there there is a pile of games back there you know you don't always feel comfortable touching it they were like welcoming
0: yeah, and the staff was really attentive. That that Very. is for sure. They they Yeah. There was a a guy and a girl working there and the guy talked to us. There were
1: two people working. I mean, that's <laughs> insane and already.
0: The the guy the guy asked us if we needed anything 3 times. We were only there maybe 20 minutes. <laughs> the guy asked us 3 times and the girl asked us twice. Right. So, every 4 minutes we were being asked. <laughs> but not I didn't anything.
1: feel like in a pushy way, just, you know.
0: Yeah. Like like they thought we were confused and it's like, no, we're just sort of stunned. Yeah. Um, another thing, uh, this is not like one of these uh, deal stores. That's Ooh, something to bring up. No, it was not. Because uh, like, like we've talked about some stores in the past, like one of the stores we visited in Colorado that was a bit of a disappointment stock-wise this time was Black and Reed. Red. Is it red? It's a
1: pun, black and red. Because they have okay. books. You read the books. I read that book.
0: Oh, and checkerboard is I black and R-E-A-D, red.
1: R-E-A-D. But yeah, checkerboard is black and I, red. I miss it every color. single
0: time. But anyways, the... Uh, <laughs> The, that store, it runs, it's it's cool because it runs, it's in Denver area and it runs everything about 15% off, which kind of puts you in that, why should I buy it online if I can have it right now kind of state of mind.
1: Yeah, but it's kind of a unique situation because right. they do have the used CDs, DVDs, books, et cetera. Right. Um, and they even had used games there too. So they're doing more than just selling, like their, their bread and butter is not just their game right. stock. So they have other other avenues Yeah, there were revenue. there were more
0: people there checking out vinyls than there were board games. Yeah. So, but this one uh in Omaha, there's everything's MSRP, every single bit of it. But they have it.
1: Right. Like practically like there was a well, I mean not like out of print stuff so much, right. but even like Concordia, they had the older version of that one. Right. So, two of them. Which I thought was interesting.
0: Well, if you're in the Omaha area, I recommend you go to it, and I'm pretty sure Nicole does, too. Definitely. This, there's no doubt that this is this is the go-to store. And while store. you're
1: in Omaha, go to that zoo. That's where we saw the bear. <laughs> we finally saw our bear. Right. But it was, you know,
0: catfish. So, I mean, if you were going to give this store <laughs> a out-of-five rating, what would you give it, Nicole? That one? Why not?
1: Oh, I didn't know we were going to be rating things. <clears> well, I'll rate stock-wise, your face. five. Price-wise, well, doggone it. It's always... Nice to get a deal, and I didn't even see anything like you know here's a ding and dent sale or anything like that. So right. that had to bring it down. So I'll give them a four.
0: I give them a four. Of that. It's it's a great if I'd, store. If I'd great seen space. even like a
1: handful of ding and dent. Right. Their rating would have been a, a full right. on five. A full on five.
0: Right. It's a good <laughs> good store. Good space. It's you know. Good job. It's a good place to Omaha. go. It's a good place to go if you're if you're in that community. So definitely check so, out the go game Nebraska. shop. If I'm you're going you, through Omaha, it's gotta worth we got to start it.
1: going further north for our game shops because, you know, wintertime, it gets cold. What else are you going to do? Play a game. No way. So that's the thing. we got to go north. <laughs> north.
0: <laughs> no way. But, you <laughs> know,
1: here's the north. thing.
0: All of this talk about games already. <laughs> These game stores has made me start thinking about games that are coming soon, Nicole. Oh, good. Steady your senses, listeners, as the clocks begin to spin forward, leaving your board game room behind and getting a glimpse into the The cardboard of tomorrow. Nicole, did you want to lead this off or do you want me to?
1: Oh, you go find Feel Free.
0: Go find Feel Free? (laughs) Okay, I will. Find Feel Free. Yes. Uh... My one that I'm up first, uh, I'm going to talk about, is the Heroes of Normandy tactical card game. Now, everybody knows we've played Heroes of Normandy, and it was back at the beginning of this year sometime.
1: And I lost.
0: (laughs) You deserved it.
1: I know, I let the dog get away.
0: (laughs) Right. Uh, This game is their sort of reimagined version of it. It's slightly larger than squad combat. It's more like, you know, platoon combat. Uh, so there 's more there 's more <laughs> troops instead of like Thank you. instead of like a couple guys you know in this little group there 's like ten guys, fifteen guys how you many know
1: guys would be in a squad normally
0: i don 't know this stuff yeah. I have no idea don 't even start quizzing me on military stuff and i won 't how I won't many in a it. platoon stop <laughs> don 't know in a platoon just one <laughs> stop that
1: one guy that stands up there what's how
0: up? many people were in the movie platoon That's that 's how many guy no there wasn't there was was like there was like 10 or 13 guys i don't know (laughs) (laughs) shut up (laughs) (laughs) this is a tactical card game uh it's got the same artwork as the big game and the game is played on sort of a gridded map like a fixed gridded map with some sort of terrain types in the background i haven't seen anything that says the terrain means anything yet other than just being a map at this point uh, the troops are square cut cards, which might turn some people off. Uh, they represent, like I said, larger forces than the squads. The army templates uh, that make the original game like really easy to build forces are not used like a build forces thing this time. They're used as an action board, and the template looks exactly the same because in the old one you could have like these. You had these little square cut out spaces in this rectangular board that you could fill up, matching these little ribbon colors on the sides of it and the sides of the little cutout with these little chips that you could put in, and you could build different armies based on, you know, on that. Mm-hmm. It was cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's kind of cool. It makes it so you don't have to add points. Right. Okay? <laughs> this time there's no points like that, though. There's just like this this actions that you can take, and you're just going to put them on these little, like every turn you'll have a certain number of uh, uh, activates, which is what you had in the first one. If you took the right things, like certain units would give you additional orders that you could put out, right. and you have a certain number of these auras, or, or, or ors. <laughs> uh, you have a certain number of these orders that you get to use every turn that can help you get more cards into your hand to deploy more guys on the field to add more bonus like our modifier you know tokens to your hand and you know to your collection there's all sorts of stuff you can do the whole game is run by putting order tokens onto this little board uh similar uh, to the big brother, though, the amount of command tokens per turn is varied from game to game, and you can add additional ones by putting this guy on the field, you add more, etc. Um, <laughs> when you activate a unit, though, the, the, one of the actions is to activate one of your units that's already deployed. And when you activate it, this is something that's kind of new. You have to roll to see if it, if it activates or not, <laughs> which is something that might turn people off, I noticed. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you say, I want to activate a troop, that one right there, and it, you look at this thing, and it says, oh, you have to roll a, a die and score a 4, 5, or 6 on the die to, to have it actually receive the order. Otherwise, it just doesn't get it.
1: So you're never going to get to move.
0: <clears throat> Not true. <laughs> <laughs> because you can also do these mandates where you use your HQ to activate a unit and then it has to move. It will absolutely move no matter what. Okay. That's just another thing you can do because you have different types of units and the HQ is one of them. Uh, hmm. like I said, Digital you roll a... for
1: HQ to mandate it?
0: Uh, no, you use a you use one of your command tokens I think to to do that or something weird. Okay. But you can I, I don't know how exactly it works. I, I of course don't have the rule book in my hand. Um but anyways, so you dice are involved in the resolutions. You do move forward. You can attack. If you activate a unit, it can move and attack. Most attacks are happening adjacent to wherever you are, and that includes diagonal and orthogonal. And only certain things like uh, artillery, like that kind of stuff, can shoot farther than one space away. Um and you just kind of, you, you, each each unit, just like the Heroes of Normandy, has superpowers, you know, or like little special abilities and stuff on each one. You know, this one's better at gunning down infantry. This one's better at killing tanks. This one has higher defense when it's in forests or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff is on all the units. Um, this game is on Kickstarter right now.
1: Yay. <laughs> and
0: you won't see it in stores until next June. But... I'm a sucker who was already back to the You
1: course. are a sucker.
0: Thank you. I, if I was going to be a sucker, I'd be a dumb-dumb.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. You, no. Okay. Okay. What's your first cardboard of tomorrow, Nicole?
1: Ugh, mine annoys me.
0: Oh, you got nothing.
1: No, I got one. <clears throat> so. Yeah? I saw this title and I was like, well, that sounds kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So I start looking into it. And then I get confused. Because guess what? It says pre-order. Okay. But then I look at the release date. It yeah. says 2015. Guess why?
0: Because it never came out.
1: Because it's a Kickstarter.
0: Oh. It's a
1: stupid Kickstarter.
0: <laughs> so. <laughs> I love Kickstarters.
1: I know, but the Kickstarter's over. So now I'm just sitting here in this weird void going, well, I can't Kickstart it. Is it going to come out? Can I get it? Because it looks cool. I'm talking about the Great Dinosaur Rush. Hmm. Okay. It doesn't sound like it's going to be like the next big game that everybody's going to be clamoring for, but it sounds like it'd be kind of fun. Um, and oh, I'm so bad at these. I, I, get, I just get so flustered in the whole, wait a minute, what did I find? Oh, that looks cool. And then I find out that it's not even, I don't even know if it's going to be available. So now I feel like an idiot talking about it. Mm-hmm. The so big then I found, dinosaur rush? Yeah.
0: Is it ever going to come out? I don't know. I'll find out for you. So what do you do next?
1: Well, I was going to talk about what it's supposed to do, but I just have the description here. Um, But you're a paleontologist, you're collecting bones and building dinosaurs. um, And each turn you have some different actions that you can do, uh, But actions will gain you notoriety. And the thing that really made me go, oh, that sounds totally interesting to me, is that you only want to gain so much notoriety. But if you're the one that gets the most notoriety, then you actually fail.
0: And I thought, well, that's a
1: that's a good challenge for Fred because he you know, he can't do really, really well and then not be the best. He's got that and make him himself be the best. fail. Exactly. Here's so what I'm going to
0: tell you. Here's he the, me a shot. Let me just give you a little hope. Okay. Because as of September 26th on the Kickstarter updates, all Kickstarter pledges have left the warehouse. There you go. So it's already it's already been released so to if everyone. So you kick started
1: it good for you. It,
0: it just arrived in the it arrived and began and got packaged on the 14th of September. It's leaving the warehouse now on the 26th, which means it probably is going to hit, hit retail stores sooner than later. It's by Maybe. Ape Games, the same people who did Rolling Freight. Aww. And it's done by Scott Elms, the guy who does right. all the tiny epic games.
1: Okay, so now I'm confused again, because the tiny Epic Games, I've never gotten to play any of them, because you won't play them with me. I just
0: got one in the mail today. I know,
1: you keep buying them and never playing them with me. I know. But I didn't like Rolling Freight.
0: Well, I don't think this game's going to be like Rolling Freight. I don't Fate. think so, either. It's designed by a completely different person.
1: But, so, yeah. I mean, it's like I'm torn between looking forward to it and kind of going, "Yeah, well, eh, you're going to like know. it. I probably will. It's dinosaurs are fun. Yeah. So, anyhow. Stupid Kickstarter. This is why I don't like it.
0: It's coming out any day now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but the original news about it was from October of last year.
0: That's fine. It's October of this year, and you don't have to worry about it because you just found out about it, and it's (laughs) coming out. Okay. (laughs) Next. All right. I'm going to go with a second card game based on a larger game for me. (laughs) Okay. Okay. This is Arkham Horror Card Game. This is coming Mm -hmm. out this next month. i got to talk about it right now or I can't use it as a cardboard of tomorrow. I
1: know, and you love the jingle.
0: I know. Now, this is the latest Fantasy Flight living card game. That is a collectible card game with expanding card, you know, sort of expanding card game that does not offer random packs but still allows you to collect more stuff. They still sell you a full game in the core box. You Mm -hmm. can just expand that game often in these little, like, baby steps instead of great big expansions, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's, of course, set in the world of H.P. Lovecraft writing, and it is a cooperative card game. And it's sort of, uh, it, it's in, as in its larger offering, you are in Arkham Horror. You are investigators, you know, that are exploring the town of Arkham, trying to stop you know, these elder gods from taking over. And this is very much the same. My understanding is the game is a more accessible sort of Lord of the Rings living card game. So it's not quite as tough. That's Mm -hmm. how it's been described. Uh, So like Lord of the Rings, it has a location card that you visit and you have a certain amount of tokens that you have to put on that location card via card play to pass them. And they're they're generated by, you know, investigating these different sites and different, you know, instead of monsters coming out, you have these, you know, all the time there might be just like locations you're investigating, you know uh however unlike lord of the rings the evil elder gods also have their cards that generate doom Mm -hmm. during the play and can lead to player defeat and these doom cards kind of tick off every time you go through a player turn you get another doom token on it once that goes you flip that card over and something bad happens to you it's on the next card and then you put tokens on that card until that card fills up then you flip that, that card over and the next card goes off you know
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> now, this game also features something that excites me, and it may turn off others. This game introduces random chip modifiers. What is that? Okay, so, like, instead of a die, instead of putting dice in the box, they put these chips that you draw blindly out of a bag. Oh, I always like that. Now, the reason this is kind of cool is because imagine that every time you needed a scenario to be harder, you had to include a new die. Or like a different scenario, you'd have to include a new die. Well, in this game, because it tells you which chips go into the bag and which ones do not, you're able to adjust the difficulty of each scenario on the fly without having to add new dice. Which just makes it kind of cool. You understand what I'm saying? Sorta. Of. So basically you, you only want this this card there this scenario is supposed to be this difficult, like a two out of five. So you put in a minus one, a minus three, a minus two, and a bunch of zeros. Okay, but this one's supposed to be a five this next one's supposed to be a five So you're putting in minus fives and minus fours and minus threes and all this stuff that really makes it tough And that that does that basically adjusts what your likelihood is and what your chances are each game based on You know what chips you add to the bag It just makes it so it's like a lot more variety Mm -hmm. and a lot more adaptable Okay now the core game comes with three scenarios And an expansion is already coming out before the end of the year Mm-hmm. this game should be released in october so if you are like me my wallet is braced for the impact okay mm-hmm. <laughs> right oh yeah now what is your fourth game
1: my second game
0: Or what is the fourth game we're gonna talk about? oh okay your second one sorry <laughs>
1: this one i just think is ironic <laughs> yes um they're putting out Spyfall 2 did you know that
0: is it called electric boogaloo
1: no it should be though that'd be <clears throat> more fun um So Spyfall 2 is pretty much exactly what Spyfall is. You have uh, one card that's a spy and all the other cards in the pack uh, tell the same location. Everybody at the table gets one of these cards. They're shuffled up and everybody gets one of these cards. So everybody gets the same location and one person gets the spy. Nobody knows who the spy is and you're just supposed to then ask questions of each other to try and deduce who actually is the spy.
0: This is how to play Spyfall.
1: Right. This game's exactly the same. It's just that they made it a 12-player game instead of eight, and now there's going to be two spies. Oh. Which made me think you might actually like it better. The irony that from this is we actually just got rid of Spyfall. <laughs> <laughs> we got rid of it in a math trade.
0: I don't care because about Spyfall. <laughs>
1: Fred does not like to be the liar.
0: Which I'm terrible at it. Is what the it. spy is. So. I'm terrible at it.
1: But what if there were two? What if it were you? I would and still be the one else? who
0: ruined it for our team every single time. You think? I'm a terrible. Well, liar. that's
1: only. No, that's just because people already think that you're going to be lying about something.
0: Uh, and this is this is a cheap cash in.
1: It's like you can't play. Fred cannot play. Uh, one night, ultimate were- werewolf or any of the werewolf games. Are you a werewolf? Whatever. they're... I don't do
0: very well at those.
1: No, because people immediately go, well, Fred's probably the werewolf. Let's just call him out. Right. Like immediately. Right. Same thing with with this.
0: For some reason, they think I'm an amazing liar, and I'm not. I'm terrible at it. I'm actually a better liar than you are. (laughs) Guaranteed. But people just go, no, no, she's innocent.
1: Fred's just trying to say that it's her. Fred's Uh, always just trying to put it off on the I mess with people right
0: to their face, so they automatically assume that I'm a great liar. No, I'm just very bold. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's what it is.
1: But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. But I, I, you know, the having two spies actually, 12 players, whatever, I don't care. We never even got the full eight playing that game, did we? Well, I think we did over at... Uh,
0: we had an eight-player game. We did game. once, yeah. So, I, I but just, 12 would be a, a serious challenge. I was happy to trade it away.
1: Right, but I think the two, two spy aspect would be kind of interesting, so... Anyhow, that's coming Maybe up. Maybe
0: we'll play that at and somebody about, else's house, because I'm not buying that game. finally a,
1: a game that I knew about before you did.
0: I That's great. Woo-hoo, I totally don't me. want that game.
1: <laughs> there you go. Bubble <laughs> if you, burst. Like
0: if you guys like Spyfall, that's fine. I'm just terrible at lying at it, and when I get stuck being the spy, it's not fun for me. I just stress out, and I it up. I've never been with spy, so just, I don't even know. Everybody just shakes their head like, you're the worst spy ever. <laughs> So there you go. That's uh, Cardboards of Tomorrow. Now, Nicole, this week we play a game that probably would have we would have never played uh, or probably I would have never played with you if the guild hadn't actually voted this in. I I, I sort of threw it out there up in the air just to see if people would vote for this and it was almost it wasn't it almost unanimous I think so There was like one vote that wasn't for this game
1: And I'm sure it's just purely for <laughs> that's a really hard game let's see what, big, what how big an idiots they can make of themselves <laughs>
0: so. But now one thing about this game is this is a game that was nearly not made So let's find out what about that All these games happen Alright, so Mage Knight, the board game, is what we played this week. And right. it's a game by Vlada Shaval. And this is this design this is sort of his design applied to Mage Knight. I, I couldn't find out details on design notes or anything like that from him for mm-hmm. some reason on this at all. I looked everywhere. Hmm. But what I do know is that Mage Knight is an IP that's owned by WizKids, and WizKids is the person the people who produce this game.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Now, this is a company that's mostly known, if you don't know who they are, they're mostly known for products called Heroclix, okay? And that's clicks with a C-L-I-X, okay? Heroclix is a game with superhero fights. Now, this was not the first game that this company released. In fact, Heroclix uh, was like their second game released. Their first game released was Mage Knight, hmm. which also used the same clicks. uh, clicks base but I'll talk about that in a second cuz this is this is basically a collectible miniature game. So when I say collectible in this case I do mean you buy blind packs of figurines and cross your fingers and pull open the the lid and hope that you get the right stuff out of it. Mm-hmm. That that is what this is. Okay, and you try to collect the whole set by spending tons of money. Now, the one thing that made this neat and this is this is what it was. Now, this company when it started was virtual. And what made this kind of neat was or unique, was that they took this wheel and put a bunch of stats on it, like numeric stats, and they did not just numbers, but also color-coded these stats. And they built them into the base of the figurine that would normally, you know, just help the, the figurine stand. Now there's this little wheel of stats underneath this base, and this wheel would turn. And on the base, there was a little window that reveals these stats. And so next to that little window were some, like, little icons that let you know what those stats were for. And they were for like speed and defense and attack power and damage. Mm -hmm. And they also, like I said, they color coded them so that you could refer to a little sheet of powers and tell that, oh, well, this this guy can attack with this number for a for a multi like to to add on to his dice. And when he does that, he gets to roll a, a D6 die to do to find out how much damage he does instead of whatever his normal damage stat would be. You know, Mm -hmm. so it was, it was really kind of cool. And what this really did, the reason this was so innovative is because up until this point, if you played a miniature game with a bunch of like just random figurines on a table, you had to have this sheet of stats next to you that you would constantly have to reference. And this took that sheet of paper or those books that you were constantly looking at to find out what it was you did and just left, left you with like all the numbers right there in the figurine, which was cool. That is cool. So naturally, this virtual company releasing this Mage Knight collectible game blew up overnight and started just selling out all over the place and went from being a virtual company one year later to being a company with 30 employees and offices in, in where are those offices? I don't even know. Washington. So they actually had a physical office in Washington. with state? Yeah. Hmm. now the company uh, used the money they got from Mage Knight to immediately license Marvel and DC comic book characters and start the hero clicks line and this was probably the smartest thing they've ever done because now you're not just selling these random you know fantasy figurines and trying to get these people to buy these, these armies of figurines that were random you're getting now you're selling them comic book characters which each one on their own carries a license you know Spider-Man mm-hmm is its own entity just as much as the Hulk's its own entity. Now, they live in the same universe, but if you got a Hulk and no Spider-Man in your collectible pack, you were still pretty happy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: See how that works better? I like the Hulk. <laughs> of course, so do I. <laughs> now, this this move was so successful that the Topps sport card, Sporting Card Company bought them in 2003. Okay? Hmm. Topps is pretty big deal, you know? There's two big baseball card companies, Topps and Upper Deck. Mm-hmm. You might recognize Upper Deck because the other legendary ones who make...
1: Legendary right? Games. See, I know things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. The company continued to push forward uh, the Heroclix franchise with a lot of several other IPs like Creepy Freaks, a game that's somewhat similar to the Duke, you know, with a, sort of a modified chess or checkers game with gross monsters <laughs> instead. I'd play that. I know. Uh, they had also the Pirates of the Spanish Main, which was a series of these little plastic punch-out cards where you could build little 3D ships and play like pirate battles on your table that'd be fun too right um the company even got into board games in 2005 they produced a game you might have all heard of called Surro.
1: i do know that game
0: right now that they don't own the license for that company for that game anymore because what comes up next because in 2008 facing economic problems tops decided to shut down WizKids and focus in on its sporting card franchise.
1: How's that working out for them? Is it good?
0: Still, I'm sure they still do fine. They're still around.
1: I don't buy baseball cards.
0: I don't either. But one year after being shut down, the company NECA announced that it had brought back WizKids or bought WizKids from Topps and was bringing back the Hero clicks line. And they did this once again by offering collectible boxes of heroes, but... They did something else that brought their company back even better. They started offering limited heroes. If you bought a lot of them, like what's called a brick, or like six booster boxes at once from a local, from like a local game store, then you would get this limited figurine with it. Hmm. And usually, that was the one you wanted out of the whole pack. Mm-hmm. So they just they, they really manipulated the market like that. It's cool, smart. the the cl- The company continues its Hero Clicks line, releasing four sets a year, and an occasional board game release is usually. Uh, so it, that will feature their clicks wheel in some sort of regard. For instance, in the same year as Mage Knight, the board game was released, Star Trek Fleet Captains was released, and instead of stats that showed uh, speed and attack and all that stuff kind of like in the same way that Hero Clicks did, it was like there's you, it actually uh, would balance the ship's energy between their engines and their attack power and their shields. Hmm. So it was kind of different, you, and you didn't. It, it didn't go down when you took damage like it did in the Clicks Wheels. Uh, it actually was able to be changed back and forth all the time. Hmm. Really cool. Um, some things that Whiz Kids like uh, Wiz Kids will refuse to die, and that is the popularity of our featured review this week. Okay, which holds the Board Game Geek ranked of the sixth best thematic game of all time the 12th best strategy game of all time, and the 13th best overall game of all time.
1: Now, is that stat before or after Pandemic <clears throat> took over the number that's, one and everybody that's freaked That's as out? of today. Okay.
0: Now, what many believe is the best solo game of all time. It's not bad for a company that was dropped and picked back up again. The following is a true recount of a board gaming session. It is not merely a conversation. It contains the actual sounds of components, success and failure, and in-the-moment emotions from the incident itself.
1: The archivists of this audio would like to remind the faint of heart that the people involved are not rules experts, did not design the game, and do not always play nice.
0: No one was murdered in the playing of this game. All right. We're talking about Mage Knight, the board game. This is a fantasy adventure game from WizKids and designed by, once again, Vlada Shabatul. This game has the players assuming the role of heroes on various quests and providing uh, like, uh, various quests provided in the box. Fighting monsters, exploding, exploring ancient tombs, hiring people to help them, gaining knowledge of, of forgotten magics, laying siege to massive cities, and becoming the shining hero of the land or the feared villain in the process. Now, at the start of the game, players pick one of four characters, each with their own deck of various cards, including a card unique only to that player. In addition to the deck, each player receives a figurine of their hero placed onto a map of hex tiles covered with smaller hex spaces and and different terrain types. On their turn, players will will draw a hand of cards from their deck, and these cards will give you an allowance each turn of three different resources, movement, influence, and attack. Movement in the game is determined by uh, generating points with card play. These points are spent by looking at a terrain chart, the terrain chart has different types of terrain and how much cost it, how many points it costs to move into each of those spaces, and it varies from type to type and whether or not it's day or night. Influence is the second type of points generated by your cards, and these actually this allows you to do actions inside of villages and monasteries and cities, like recruiting players or uh, I don't even know what else it does.
1: <laughs> Didn't it do healing too? Healing,
0: uh, yeah, it does to healing influence? as well. Yeah. Okay. These are represented by cards that allow uh, special support uh, once per day cycle. Uh, last, the attack last is the attack. This is a third type of points it use is used to fight monsters and take control of monasteries and cities. Oh, and what would a fantasy adventure work game? <laughs> Let me do this again. Oh, oh,
1: and what would a fantasy adventure
0: game be without leveling up?
1: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Every time Tell you fight about. a
0: monster and ransack a tomb or find a sacred relic, you will gain ren- renown. A chart tracks this, uh, giving the players new and more powerful skill cards, better defenses, more hired people, and special powers. Now this sounds like just like a lot of adventure games, however this game is very mechanically dense and detailed. And yes, you are playing towards a goal, but counter to most of the, most of the genre, the game's winner is not necessarily the one who kills the dragon at the end. Because we have to add up points to see who adventured the best. Now, the land lands are in turmoil, and a leader must rise to control it. Today we will find out if Nicole or myself is that leader. Nicole, I'm just gonna say that barely scratches the surface of those rules.
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: <laughs> so I mean let's let's just jump in. When you got this many rules, what's the best thing to do?
1: Jump right in. You just
0: jump right in and see what happens, right? Mm-hmm. Let's do it.
1: You can start. I just. No, you I know won what the I'm championship, remember? Huh?
0: You won the championship. What championship? I don't know. You just get to start. Go. <laughs> we basically have to race to a city.
1: Okay, stupid question. <laughs> what? Remind me again how the gold dice work. They're Yellow. wild
0: dice during okay. the day, they're any color mana. Okay. They're, they're the ones you want. I rolled like an amazing roll. That no, because no, if you roll a black die, they basically lock up. up. Right. And these are like the ultimate die during the day.
1: So I can take one of those and change it to any get any mana out of it I want, right? Right, and I just get to do that,
0: right? You get one die per turn.
1: Okay, I'm gonna take one. All right, and I'm gonna turn it blue. So do I get a <laughs> do I get a little <laughs> funny mana thing? No. Aww. Well, how do I use it then?
0: <laughs> you just use it on your turn. Okay. You just pick it up. Give
1: me a die. I can't reach. It.
0: You've got those little grabbers for this purpose.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Get your grabber.
1: I don't need it. It's blue.
0: Well, you're going to put it on the card you're using it on.
1: I'm going to put it on here. I'm going to move four. Right. Blue four.
0: Okay, so you've got to move a four. Stamina.
1: And I'm going to pop in.
0: Okay, you pop in through the portal. Whoop. And move one, <laughs>
1: two, three, four.
0: Okay, you move four. You're on the outskirts of a town. And what's that other little thing that you're standing next to? A portal. No, like a fairy glen or something. Yeah, it's a magical glade. Yeah. That heals you.
1: Well, I don't need to be healed yet. You
0: can throw away one wound card from huh. your hand or discard pile. That's fancy. The same as healing, and the effects can't be combined with other healing effects. If you start your turn on a magic glade during the day, you can add a gold mana token. Oh, it would have been worth it to push. Can you push one more space and start your next turn on that? You get like an actual gold token if you do that. Look at this. Look how cool that would be sitting on your little guy. Oh. Well,
1: I'd have to use... Three cards cool to do it. it I don't think it's worth it.
0: Well, I mean, it's up to you. Look how cool that is.
1: Three cards.
0: <laughs>
1: because I don't have anything else with move on it.
0: Are you done with your turn?
1: That's, yeah. So then what happens to this card?
0: Uh, it goes to your discard pile. Okay. That die gets rolled again and placed back into the <sighs> you piece. Oh, it
1: shrunk. kind of fell out of my hand. That wasn't uh-uh. even really a roll. You saw that. It what are you went... doing? It just went topple
0: yeah right that's okay. one less die for me thanks Here <laughs> I gave welcome. you a gold you gave me back a black <clears throat> alright so <laughs> <laughs> okay
1: so then do I get to draw up a card yeah okay please be a move it's your turn
0: yeah cause you uh, choose a scenario okay uh, you we've done our day or night I don't know about refreshing all these offers choosing oh we forgot that what did you do what? Let's, let's rewind your turn. Get your card oh, back. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, we're starting over already. Oh my gosh,
1: the, put that card at back. At the five minute mark, I already mark. know what it's going to be.
0: We're at the five minute mark, and we're starting over. Uh, you get to uh, we don't. Oh, that's you're not what first. it is. You're not. Well, you're the first person to pick. You still have to choose a first that player. Give
1: Go back over here. Put that back on a gold because you rolled a gold.
0: <laughs> choose which one of those you want. My
1: goodness. You
0: savage.
1: You're a savage. <laughs> You're supposed to know how to play this game. You
0: are. <laughs>
1: I know enough to not completely screw up. I know up enough and that by enough the end of your turn, up.
0: I will stop us from screwing up.
1: <laughs> now I gotta think. So sing a song or something.
0: All right. Do 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 do. That's right. <clears throat> so when there's a lot of rules in a game and you jump right in, you just mess up and start over.
1: <laughs> and what
0: did we forget? We forgot that at the start of each round, you get a numbered card. And when you pick them, it's supposed to designate the player order for that entire round. Right. And we didn't reorder the player round. We just let you go first.
1: Which those cards, when you pick the number, not only are you determining who's first in the player round, but you get some sort of special ability as well.
0: Right. There's a powerful effect.
1: It's not like you can just say, oh, well, we screwed up. Yeah, you just go. No, no, no. You have to go back and choose a choose a card to get that ability. Right. So we had to start over. Right. Yay.
0: So so we start over because we forgot our powers. You forgot. There's a lot to remember in this game. We redo (laughs) the first we redo your turn and then we'll start mine. Okay. Okay. Here we go. So we got to move. We got to (laughs) move out. What do I got? You need to
1: pack your stuff and get out.
0: I can't. I mean if I fight one of these guys I feel like I'm going to get my face kicked in.
1: I hope you get your face kicked in. I
0: don't want that. Like, I know I can kill one of them. I know that. Can you? Yes. But can I get there? I don't think I can even get there. I can I can generate... I can generate six movement, which is not enough to get there. I can get to that town, though. Couldn't I? But then I'll get attacked by those other works. <laughs> God, my brain hurts. All right, so let me just let me just start thinking about this, okay? Because it said I can play cards up. All right, um, obviously I'm going to move somewhere. <laughs> okay, so this is how my first movement sounded. Confusing, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You just sit there and stare at your cards, and you stare at the board, and you stare at your cards, you stare at the board.
1: Mm-hmm. But I
0: don't think this really is giving you a sense of what an actual turn sounds like.
1: Well, no, no, that was giving you a sense of what your brain sounds like when it's thinking.
0: Right, let me give you what an actual turn sounds like. This is what this sounds like. What is that little thing? That's a mine. And a mine! And a mine! Crystal mines. If you end your turn on the mine, you gain one mana crystal of the color that the mine produces, which is green. green. I think I'm going to go to the mine. How how hard is it to, to move into that? Uh,
2: three. It'll
0: be five yeah. total. Right? Yep. Okay, so I'm going to take one of these yellows and make a move four, and then I'll do five, six, and I'll move into the mine and stay there.
1: Okay. So at the beginning of your next turn, you get the...
0: Right. I don't do any... Well, yeah, I can't do anything else. So... Okay,
1: so you roll that die.
0: I get a green one for ending my turn here, and then I roll that... Wait a
1: minute. How are you able to... Oh, because you got a free one.
0: Right. Oh.
1: And you locked up that die. (laughs) Okay, so now is it my turn?
0: Yes. Was that so hard?
1: Yes. So I'm gonna <laughs> do exactly what I was doing before. Oh I'm gonna take one of these gold and make oh, I it thought, blue. I
0: thought you weren't gonna be snooty this time. And
1: I'm gonna move <laughs> one, two, three, four. And that's it.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you have to use it and you have to roll that die and finish your turn? Don't roll it black. Oh my oh God. Oh my god. Ha ha ha! So much for the fun of Mana Dice. It's like, I'll just go to waste. Let me just talk real quick about Mana Dice, and then we'll mm-hmm. explain how that turn... That, that's a full turn. That's what an actual turn sounds like, but that's not what a, what the normal turn sounds like. No. <laughs> we'll play that one next. But here's the thing. Mana Dice, uh, they affect your cards. So you have these cards, and at the top of the card we will say something like Movement 2. And then it'll have like a symbol of a Mana color in the middle, like let's say Blue... Mm-hmm. And then underneath it, it'll say movement four. That's the basic idea of these mana dice. This card, if you play it without mana supporting it, is worth two movement points. If you play it with a blue mana, on, like from a die or from a token, and your supply generates more movement than before because you use magic to try to boost this card or this effect. Right. And these dice, you get, I think it's like the amount of players plus two or plus three or something like that. doesn't matter. But you roll these little dice, and they every side of them has like a little color of this mana. It's just a little, it just looks like a little colored splat symbol, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And if you roll, if you roll any color, it's fine, except for the opposite color of whatever time of day it is. Right. Which, if you're in the daytime, yellow mana is a wild card mana which type, which is good, which means it can represent any color you want. However, black mana locks up your die, and you can't use it again until nightfall. That's what happens. Yeah. Now, at nighttime, black mana is the only mana that can be used to power up your spells that you gain over the course of the game. That you
1: can gain <coughs> right. over the course of the game.
0: Which we don't. but Which yeah. we didn't.
1: Yeah. But Spoiler. <laughs> that's the
0: only one that lets you boost your spell effects, which spells are like really powerful. They're like the base effect of a spell is already like the level of a boosted like a normal card. Mm-hmm. And then when you boost it with black, it becomes even even more powerful than what a normal ability card would be. Now, we locked up two of the dice in two turns. Mm-hmm. So we only have like three dice or something like that that we're rolling, like two or three dice now that we're rolling that can be used to boost cards. So it's going to make it really hard to get the right color of mana to support our cards. That's mm-hmm. why we're kind of bummed out during that. This is just another effect in the game that you're keeping, you're kind of keeping track of now these dice they only get re-rolled once you use them so if you roll like a blue and then you use it for the, like for that movement example for for example then you have to re-roll that and then if you if you roll a black that's when it locks up
1: right so that's why it's what bad. happened to me right twice
0: now <laughs> the last clip like i said that sounded like the game was fast and furious that's what it's supposed to sound like i think When someone imagines it in their brain, they may remember it like that. Yeah. But this next clip is the actual normal sounding turn. Here we go.
1: Okay, so if it doesn't specifically say ranged attack on your card. It's not ranged. Well, that's
0: unfortunate. It has to say ranged attack.
1: And on the gold dye, it can be a I can change it to a white, right? Anything but a yes. black? Okay.
0: You can change I mean, I think you can change it to black even, but you just black mana I don't think is actually usable during the day. Just like yellow isn't.
1: Oh, I guess it doesn't matter. Okay, I need. Okay, so I'm gonna use concentration and swiftness. So for concentration, I get a white mana token.
0: Really? um, And I get to
1: use, I'm going to use this and change it to green. Okay, so I'm going to use my super thing on here. Right. When you play this, play, play another action card with it. Get the stronger effect of that card for free.
0: Are you oh, going after these, these summoning Never mind, works? it gives me for free.
1: It? I don't even have to do that.
0: Yeah. Well, you can do that to boost your ranged attack if that's what you were going for. It'll boost your ranged oh, attack that's... too. If you play a white mana with it.
1: No, 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 no. It'll, it'll do it anyway.
0: It'll It'll boost your move. It won't boost your attack.
1: It will. This says... You get the stronger effect of that card for free. If that effect gives you move, influence, block, or any type of attack, get that amount plus two. So this will become a five attack, and I don't even need this. Let me see if I want a different color, and I think I do. I want a red one instead. Oh, come on with this. I'm sorry.
0: This is ridiculous.
1: Look, these are... If you're going
0: to have this much trouble in the drive-thru, just go inside.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but now if I get to play this bottom thing, I don't get to do the top part, Right.
0: Right. Shoot. So it's I, one or the I, other.
1: i got to figure out how to move then. Hold on. Because I'm not there yet. Because well, that's going to make me...
0: Yeah, I know. You're going to attack that I'm going to attack group. that... But you need to get into the woods first, into the fairy circle.
1: No, I'm going to attack that sprint <clears throat> guy.
0: And don't gonna... attack my swift guy. I just built up for that, you huh? big bully. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't want to go in the woods.
0: I want you to go in the woods. It'll benefit you. You'll be so happy in the woods with the fairies.
1: But I planned for...
0: Fine. Ruin my game.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can't use that. I I guess... This is terrible. What? Hold on.
0: Are there too many decisions? Is that what you're saying?
1: There's a lot of reading.
0: Oh. means I have to be quiet, but I don't want to. I hate being quiet.
1: Ugh. Okay, I'm just going to spend these two sideways then to actually move. I can do that, right? Yeah. Even though I didn't use an actual get him off there. (laughs) What? (laughs) Not fighting the pride, Gorgon. Oh, sorry.
0: (laughs) Oh, he's so much cooler. (laughs)
1: Serious question here. Okay, I know, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I've, I've, I'm using this card for range. I can just use these for movement, even though I'm not using a movement?
0: You can play them sideways for one move apiece. You okay. can play any card sideways for whatever you want.
1: Okay, anytime. then I'm moving to the city. I'm ranging my attack for five, <coughs> which takes out that thing. So I get four fame. One for defeating it.
0: Uh, you get one reputation and three fame, right? Is that what happens? Yeah, you get a reputation and three fame.
1: I thought you got a f- no, an extra fame for defeating it and because of the scenario that we're in. Uh, oh. Which means I get another card. I get to pick one of these cards,
0: right? Um, I thought it said you just got one. This is... Uh, you get plus one of those little thumbs up things. That's oh, all. Thumbs up. Yeah. Reputation. This is the thumbs up thing. You get Reputation. this. Reputation, You get right. one of those for doing it. Okay. You don't and then it I get fame my three as well. you just
1: fame. Get so then <clears> I get, I get to take any one of these three cards into my hand.
0: Yes. I think. I think it goes into your hand. I didn't read leveling up
1: and I get one of these little tokens well I have to pick the top two and pick one
0: um, <clears throat> when the first player gains a level reveal the three cards display them in a column um, <clears throat> so you for, for the second row the fame has a symbol on it you get an advanced or a skill token an advanced action card <clears throat> and the first player an, uh, reveals two level skill tokens you check which one, you put the other one in the middle, because you can learn from the other players. You just get one of those cards, yeah.
1: Okay. There's a lot of decision making, so... I know. I can't
0: even see. I don't know, Nicole. You're doing a lot of thinking. I'm taking this one. This, is, this, is, this episode's going to be a lot of this- thinking, isn't it? Shh, shh.
1: This goes into my hand, right? <laughs>
0: I don't know. Did it say hand?
1: I don't know. I wasn't listening. I was trying to read the cards.
0: Um, additionally, the player gets to choose one of the three cards. He puts it on top of his deed deck. Okay. Boom. And since you're you're not a boy, you get to do something different because it says his. I'm just kidding. <laughs> ha,
1: ha, ha. All right. And then I got to figure <laughs> out what these mean. So I chose either. I've got either day sharpshooting shooting. Which, once a turn, I can get a ranged attack two during the day or one at night. That's pretty good. Right. Or, Bounds of or bond, bonds of Loyalty. <laughs> bounds of Loyalty. <laughs> um, when you gain this skill, add two regular units to the unit's offer. Put this skill in your unit area as a command token. It costs five less influence minimum 0 to recruit a unit under this command token. That's kind of special too. This unit can be used even when the the use of units would normally not be allowed. You cannot disband this unit. Wow. So it only cost me like two loyalty. I get to pick two more cards to put out there. Oh jeez. And we're in the first round. I think I'm gonna do that. <laughs> so, and then this one goes
0: away. It goes into the pile. It goes I can, into the pile. I can take and then, that from you if I want. Is
1: it these cards?
0: Those don't replenish until the end of the round.
1: I get to add two. You do. Right okay.
0: now. I'm sorry. I wasn't. I was paying attention. So it's to my these next
1: cards, card. right? Yes. Okay.
0: Those are the units. So
1: offer. now we also have a. Savage Monks. Which we can't buy. And
0: Peasants. Oh, that I think you can buy, yes. Look how tough those Peasants are for four.
1: Okay, so now I have to re-roll that. Don't be black. Okay, good. I did not lock up a die. These all go to my discard. I have two cards. I get to draw one, two. Three cards, it's finally your turn, and this is why this is a one-player game.
0: It's boring as hell over here. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Long, 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 long.
1: Yeah, I even was able to recognize that you were not having fun at that time.
0: I was laughing just because how long it was taking.
1: And I didn't, (laughs) yeah, but that's because I leveled up. So then I had to choose oh, new cards. I had to choose a new power. Then I had to plus I had to figure out how these cards work together in the first right. place, because the basic explanation of the cards does not do justice to right. how they and actually work together. And for you by
0: yourself, it's intensely interesting to be playing this really grandiose game by yourself. Right. For the so, other player sitting across the table, it's the worst it's time mind ever. Numbing.
1: <laughs> yes. There's nothing now, to keep you going. For
0: during this, you actually hear us talk about reputation and fame. Uh, fame is not its not renown, like I said earlier. Fame is what you use to level up. That's how they call the points, not renown. But reputation is what... this. There's this little meter that doesn't give you any points for having good or bad reputation at the end of the game. But during the game, it gives you additional bonuses to your influence uh, inside of towns and stuff to recruit people. Right. Basically, it makes it easier for you to do things. Right. I'm just... Saying that because I never so said there, that it. So it seems like
1: there was a fairly easy way to gain more influence by getting that reputation. Okay, fine. Was there an easy way to get more movement?
0: Spend mana. Uh, get get cards that from the uh, upgrade skills to. to boost be able to, movement. Yeah. yeah.
1: See, movement was rough.
0: Now. Nicole, in that turn you you took nine minutes on. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, You steal all the enemies that I could fight, and we're on the like we've got three tiles revealed, and it's completely stifled my chance of leveling up at all. And now the only enemy left is like all the way across the entire map which would take like three turns of movement points to get to. Or more. Right. (laughs) So I decide to expand the map and reveal more opportunities for adventure and enemies, and Nicole's turn happens with her acting like a killing machine again and killing another enemy, and my next turn signals the end of the daytime round. Let's listen to that. I think I'm still going to move, though. So I, I have no way to support this stuff. You have
1: stuff. all these. You've got two Shh, reds. I'm
0: doing what you want, so relax. I'm have i have, I'm not using any of these. I need to move, and red doesn't really associate with move most of the time, does it? Mm. So I play two blue cards to get move four and move up to here. <clears throat> does
1: that flip that keep since you're next no. to it in the daytime no. now?
0: Oh, yeah, it does. What they say about the keep? Maybe you do flip that mage tower. Didn't it say it's...
1: In the daytime. You won't let me have any of the cheat cards, No. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the token is revealed if a player is adjacent to it, so well, you can reveal that purple card.
1: It's a poison something with five and five, and I don't have to choose to attack it, though, right?
0: No, you have, only if you walk onto it.
1: Okay. Well, it's got a poison
0: effect. It. It's got five armor. It does a five attack.
1: It looks terrifying.
0: Right. And it's... Uh, is that... Physical? Or what is that? I don't know. I can't see that far. Yeah, it's physical. That's actually not too bad. Okay. Hold on.
1: Well, flip your little guy.
0: Well, hold on. Before I do that, because you were supposed to flip on your last turn, I can undo that turn right now for the moment and decide whether I want to go attack that mage tower or not. Oh. I don't think I can make it, though. It's a problem. I can't. There's no way. You've
1: got all that red to attack it with.
0: (sighs) Maybe I can't. There's no way. And you're Here's dude. what I can do. Okay. I'd I'd have to.
1: No, because you have to actually get onto it, don't you? Right. I
0: can go one, two, three, right. four, but I'd have to move five more spaces to be on it next turn. So I am gonna just still move up. Can you can't? And next, this what's terrible. I move up there. I flip that. <laughs> All that agonizing for I move up there and I flip that. Mm-hmm. Now. Um... Because
1: movement <clears throat> is tough.
0: Right. Now, flipping tiles, that was me flipping another tile, just trying to skip this one because I'm just frustrated because it's going to turn nighttime and all the tiles I need to move into are going to become incredibly hard to move through. Right. Which means that I wouldn't have it, enough... During
1: the day, it's hard to move through the desert, but at night, it's like incredibly hard to move through the forest.
0: Right. And everything we and, had was like forest. Right. And, and it was going to basically take so many cards for me to just to move into the tower to, to attack the mage tower... Which the reason you do that is because then you gain access to spells that you normally wouldn't. You mm-hmm. just get to have them all of a sudden. And the reason... Uh, so, I mean, I basically was going to have to move five, which is like two cards, which wouldn't leave be enough attack to really take out the Mage Tower, which meant it would just be a waste of time. Now, exploring tiles and flipping them over, another thing about them, uh, these tiles are limited, and they're kind of... they're At the start of the game, you have two different types. You have types with, like, dynamic stuff on it, like really big stuff, and just sort of generic adventure tiles. And they're green back or brown back. And you shuffle up a bunch of green ones, and you know, a certain number of them, and then you shuffle up a certain number of, uh, of brown ones as well. In this case, we had to shuffle one brown one with a city on it and the all the other brown ones that don't have cities or something like that. Because mm-hmm. all we were trying to do in this quest was to find a city. Mm-hmm. And so this is pushing the quest come to an end by finding the city because you basically get to play one turn after you find the city. You don't get to attack it or anything like that, or you can if you can get to it. But... Tiles are limited, and they are shuffled up front. And they're stacked so that they're like easy up front and harder later on.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay? So you add crossbowmen at your nearby town because you've made so much money and stuff. Off I killed
1: of, a lot of creatures. Off of these
0: creatures. And uh, you go to the nearby town, and you find out that extra cards don't count as range, siege, or elemental attack. Just generic attack, which you don't like. No, I don't like it. <laughs> that's because in this game, it's not just a simple thing of, of of getting range or getting attack. Because if you get attack, you can attack anything that's normal. Mm-hmm. But certain stuff, like uh, for instance, um, like cities, can only be sieged, mm-hmm. and they have a siege defense. Basically, they can't you can't attack them with anything but a siege card, which is something where you're launching you know some sort of devastating attack into it.
1: Right, and there's no way to get <sighs> that boosted without right. having purchased. Uh, like helpers or right. getting new cards somehow. Right, which because you do not have siege also incredibly attacks incredibly difficult.
0: Uh, ranged attack you do have in your basic deck, but it's limited. And what ranged attack does is let me just break down a combat turn. <laughs> you, you get to start with ranged attack when you fight a creature. If you have ranged attack enough built up to destroy this creature, you don't ever have to fight this creature. Mm-hmm. It just dies, mm-hmm. okay, if it's susceptible to ranged attack. Uh, like I said, some, some creatures are immune to, uh, like, all damage unless it's elemental. Because there's also fire attacks and mm-hmm. ice attacks, too, which you can only get by hiring the right people or casting certain spells, you know? Uh, so there is a lot to these attacks. After that, you have to fight the creature. The creature basically gets to attack you first, and then you get to attack it back if you can survive. And then you can destroy the creature like that by normal means. Mm-hmm. And when you get hit, you get wound cards into your hand. Now wound cards are terrible because they clog up your hand. they basically stay in your hand until they go until you actually are able to get rid of them by healing in a town or whatever
1: which is not easy because right. you have to get to the town
0: no sorry <laughs> full uh i just want i just want to say that you you can use any card in a generic fashion you can use any card you want to add an influence. Or one attack or one movement. And you what, what had happened was is you mistaked it thinking you could add a ranged attack, for instance, mm-hmm. with a generic card, which you cannot do. We found out. So we end the round, and then we begin the night round. And this is what it sounds like to begin the night round.
1: Okay.
0: So we've got night tactics. Right. Here's your night tactics. No,
1: you get to go first because no, you're last. No, it
0: just said whoever's tokens last on the sheet right there.
1: On the... On the...
0: I thought it was like last in the order.
1: No, you're last on the fame tracker is what it's. I thought it said.
0: Oh, last on the fame track gets their first choice. Then See? the one who ch- who is second to the last gets to pick, etc. In right. the case of a tie, Fred always wins. Right. After all players have chosen a t- tactic, rearrange the turn order. Uh, there is something about knight stuff that I don't know if we've gone over. Oh, no. Obviously, the move cost is different, but visibility. During the day, you are able to see what is at ruins locations anywhere on the map is also what enemy defense keeps in mage towers if someone was close enough. Ruins tokens are placed face down at night and stay face down until someone moves onto the space or when the next day begins. You can still decide whether to enter them or not after the ruins tokens is revealed. However, you do not know what or who defends. keep or mage towers until you assault sometimes it may be better to wait till day when you have more information this does not apply to cities they never sleep even at night but we do not care about cities since we're only concerned with finding them not conquering them you'll also see that rampaging enemies uh, see rampaging enemies in fact you you still see them in fact you do not need to see them you can just listen to what horrified villagers say about their malicious attacks Okay, so let me just say that there's like, there's there's plenty of little locations. There's probably six locations in this game, mm-hmm. six or seven little locations. And every one of them has at least a column of text out of a book dedicated to the explanation of what is supposed to happen when you get to this. Right. And they have these little abbreviated ones, but I'm still having to kind of look up what it actually means in the book because if you, you can have the abbreviation, but that doesn't give you the full idea. hmm so every time we come across one of these new things, because once again, we didn't read the whole book, full disclosure. <laughs> um, Who because, does? Who really does? Well, if you saw the, the size of the print in this book, you would probably try to just push on through it too. So <laughs> um, I tried to read the book a little bit, but whatever. <laughs> so that that's, we. every time we come across one of these, we have to figure out something new. So this is kind of a, slog fest game but this is you can hear how many rules right there are associated with two different books for it already right there's like a a, the walkthrough which is supposed to get you started quick and a a rules reference
1: right and it explicitly says when you start to read the rules reference right don't read this book read the other book go through the other book (laughs) and then you get to the other book and you're like and it says immediately this game's really hard it There's does a actually. Lot to know.
0: It basically says that Don't right Don't read up front. the
1: rule book. <laughs> read this book. So you're already going, oh God, this right. is what have I gotten myself it's into? It's intimidating. It's it
0: intimidating. Is. All right, so let's listen to my first night turn. <laughs> so I'm going to take this die, this green, and apply it to this march card, which will give me a move four. And what do I need to march through there? Three. I'll need. Yeah, I just need three. So I move up here to this crystal mine, white crystal. Uh, then I'm going to get attacked by those rampaging orc guys, those brutal guys but Mm -hmm. I'm going to use my white crystal that's in my uh, supply to do a range attack 3 which kills them well no wait what's that thing attached to them? What's this? I don't know they've got some little fist thing up here next to their armor what does that mean? you've got the book? if it says I have to attack them by hand I'm going to be furious again I, I just came up with some sort of great plan and they're gonna ruin it just as fast.
1: Ruin. Okay, I'm gonna add that one.
0: The fist, physical resistant. They are resistant to physical damage. When attacking them, your the value of your attacks is halved, rounded down, except for fire and ice attacks. They have armor three, but they have physical resistance. Attacking them with physical attacks, you would need an attack of six. Uh, come on! I gotta undo for a second. I gotta think about what I'm doing. But you're, not...
1: but you're doing a range right off the bat, right? But it's a
0: physical attack. Still, it's a physical ranged attack. I, I believe. Isn't is, isn't that still physical attack? Because then there's because we spe- we specify ice and fire attacks that are not physical, right? I'm just gonna say they're definitely not elemental. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't feel like it. Ex- the book explained that very well either, though. Right. Like, it did not give, even in the walkthrough, a, a distinct differentiation between the attacks, the different types of attacks. And there's way too many types of attacks for them not to really go into that right. it, it, it better, more clearly, right off the bat.
0: Right. Now, these these little monsters, I haven't talked about these very much. These are these little, they're just these little chips. you got these little stacks of, of chips, like they're little just disks. And you shuffle them at the start of the game and you start kind of revealing them as you go along. And these things, uh, what we're fighting are mostly rampaging enemies, which are like these lower level enemies like orcs and, you know, goblins and stuff like that. And whenever you beat a a rampaging enemy, which is just, uh, they're kind of like chaotic people that just run around fighting everything. Then you get fame awarded to you automatically. Mm -hmm. Just an extra point of fame, which is, or uh, actually, no, it's reputation. You get extra reputation for, for fighting those rampaging enemies. But... Every single one of these chips has like a variety of little symbols on them. They'll Mm -hmm. have a stat that might say this is their defense, but here's the type of defense it is. And there's four different types of defenses and there's five different types of attacks. And there's another effect that's just sort of this is a poison enemy or this is, Mm -hmm. a you know, this type of enemy. And there's just a lot to it. It looks really simple just to be this little chip but there's so much to it. Once again, there's another couple pages of rules just to figure out how these enemy chips work, and they're not cut and dry at all.
1: Right. And which adds... book are they in? <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. And Right. I mean, it adds a lot of variety to the game, but at the same time, it adds a ton of frustration up front. So, I mean, that's kind of what we're dealing with there, is I'm try... I, I get this whole plan on how it's going to work, and then I notice this symbol I didn't notice a second ago, and now I have to stop and rethink my whole turn, which just makes my turn even longer again, doesn't it?
1: Well, I think... And... I don't recall seeing it in here. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think every single game that uses symbols, one page should just be dedicated. Here's a picture of the symbol. Here's what it means. Here's a picture of a symbol. Right. Here's what it means. If it if there's more that needs to be told, then reference. Also, see
0: page 12. Who does that? Doesn't, uh, I think, uh, didn't Last Will do that? I think Last Will did that. I think, uh, yeah, Last Will told yeah. me they had a great one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, there's a lot of symbols in that, too, right. and they, they mix their symbols as well. But instead right. of just, like, giving you, well, you know, here's a cart, here's a buggy, but here's a cart and a buggy, they right. and you have to, like, but they, then you have to go look at the cart, and you have to look at the buggy, and then you have to kind of interpret for yourself what they mean together. Right. It'll actually show you a picture of the cart and buggy together, too. Right. And tell you what that means. This right. didn't do that. I don't remember seeing that anywhere.
0: There was like there were spots, but it was all broken up. But it would
1: talk about it, but I don't remember it showing the symbols very well. Right. Or they're just kind of mixed in, and I don't like that. Right. My my mind does not process. It's not organized enough.
0: Now, this my next turn uh further complicates this game. I'm sorry to say. So yeah, I do I do exactly what I was saying. I do a move four with this. I do a uh
1: where were you at? Why do you need to move four? Oh, because
0: three into the desert Got space. It. I play this attack card with this uh with my mana from my pool. I add this card to make it an attack five. I assign basically he, he does I don't block at all. He throws five damage at him. I put all five damage on the Utem guardsmen who have a five armor who reduce it to zero, don't get wounded, and then I attack them back for five and I take out the Mage Tower. Okay. Okay. So what do you get? Well, this is the bad part about this. I do get to put my shield on the mange tower to let you know that I did that. Okay?
2: hmm
0: Um, but the cruddy thing about this is that I lose another reputation. What? <laughs> but I go up four, so I get to gain a level. Hooray! One, two, three, four. So when I say complicate, that's what the math sounds like. Whenever someone's plan goes according to what they want. Mm-hmm. And tell me if you even followed that at all. No. No, but that's exactly what a turn sounds like in someone's brain when it comes spilling out of their mouth and you just kind of go, whatever you said.
1: Oh, I've learned to just tune you out and let you go, uh huh. And just.
0: Thank you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, losing reputation. So yeah, I have to take out a mage tower to get the magic. And if I do take out the mage tower, then I get bonus points at the end of the game, but I lose reputation, which makes it harder to recruit people. Right. Cause then nobody likes you, but it's part of the game and it's really important for points at the end of the game that if you do this, it's, it's good.
1: It's called balance. Right. Mm-hmm. And you,
0: you when you play these games, you feel like you're supposed to be heroic and not villainous. And yet here I am. Doing something villainous, but... killing
1: orcs and goblins. What'd they ever do to you? They
0: just don't see... I mean, honestly, these mages don't see the big picture. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) They're going to have to give a little spells away so that I can, you know, bring order and, you know, to the land.
1: Force. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: So this next clip, we're going to listen to Nicole visit another location. This is the monastery.
1: Okay, I'm going to play Song of Wind to move to and move costs of plains, deserts, and wastelands reduced by one to a minimum of zero this turn. So I can go one, two.
0: You're going to the monastery?
1: I'm going... I just now
0: realized a monastery was revealed. You need to pull the top card of that and put it down here in this.
1: Oh. There.
0: So that's, that's something you can buy at the monastery. Okay. You want me to get a monastery reference card and tell you what you can do again?
1: I can burn it down.
0: <laughs> you remembered that, didn't you? <laughs> oh funny. my goodness. Uh, you can recruit people with the Monastery Icon, which we have one person with Monastery, the Illusionists. Uh-huh. Uh, you can buy healing points for two influence per point, uh, which is cheaper than Towns.
1: And I can buy those things <clears throat> for six each, right? Uh,
0: put the top card of the advanced deck and you can buy them for six each. And you can burn down for minus three reputation. Okay. But you get an artifact or, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Might be worth it.
1: Eh. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to do another move two and reveal a tile.
0: Okay. Well, you want me to read more, don't you? Yeah. Which tile is this? You
1: know, honestly, that's how we get through the game. So, uh, number
0: eight. <laughs> that's, the, that's the sentiment at this point, isn't it? Uh, so, yes, the rules just keep coming. And this, after Nicole and I watched a couple of videos each, and I read through the book really quickly. I know, read through the book, to, too. Trying to get through it. Sort of. And we, just so you get a sense, we are about four tiles away from the starting tile. We're, like, we're actually about three tiles away from the starting tile.
2: Mm-hmm. Which the
0: starting tile, you know, started with two tiles connected to it. So all we revealed is, like, maybe four or five tiles total. Mm-hmm. But we're only, like, if you went from the start little set of hexes, we're about three away from that, mm-hmm. but we're we're getting pretty deep into the stack of tiles at this point for sure. Uh, and I, I feel like I'm making a comeback as I get close to the end of the sh- of the night round. But right before that, you you got like a you went shopping at the monastery and got some good stuff. You got a powerful, or and I got a powerful artifact. And after revealing the last couple of map tiles, Nicole, you start a really big fight. Let's listen to how a big fight sounds in this game.
1: I can't do the uh,
0: Well, you have ranged. to you have to do the fight now because I know. You've, you've revealed the token. What I it know.
1: Is. Okay, so I have... It's got a little It's a castle. fortified, yeah. It's fortified.
0: So it means it's, you can't use ranged attacks against it.
1: Oh, well, I don't have them anyway. And then the other one... Oh, so I have to have like seven attack. Oh, this is a Medusa.
0: Right, that's to kill all of them in one turn you would have to, but they're all fortified, which means you can only use siege attacks to hurt them. Period. If, if you want to hurt all of them, if you have if you have only ranged attacks, you can choose to choose like to fight only. The...
1: I have no ranged attacks. Okay, then
0: let's just skip this phase. So we don't have to keep talking about
1: it. Okay, so then they both attack me for I have to block nine.
0: Right, but it says you can play multiple attacks in the in a phase. This way, you can fight individual enemies individually or in small groups. So, in other words, if you don't combine your cards, you can fight each one of them individually with your attack. Can cards.
1: I do either order?
0: Um. Oh, this is and in the attack phase. So, as long as you let them attack you first, you can fight them all in one big group. Or because it doesn't, they don't have any special resistances. They're both both physical. One of them's fortified, but that just means you can only use siege attacks. You can't use range attacks. Okay. Uh, so you can actually fight both of them if you want to in one big attack wave. That's all it is, is. It just basically talks about assign, assigning damages. Okay, so,
1: so if I let them attack me together, I have to defend. Right.
0: So nine. now, let's just say that you don't you're not going to do range attacks. So right. now we are in the blocking phase. Right. In the block phase, you have a chance to block any enemies you do not you have not defeated. You can block none, one or more enemies in any order, but you cannot block or group block enemies together to block them with one powerful block. If you want to block more than one enemy, you have to resolve the blocks against each one individually. Okay. So even though you can do big attacks that attack everybody, you can't block everybody individually. It it basically just says that.
1: Okay. So I can block her and just take his three wounds?
0: If you're going to play block cards, yeah.
1: Well, I've got armor.
0: Right. But she does how much damage? six? Yeah, okay, then she's gonna wound. Oh, actually,
1: whoever. no, if i if I do if I do his block three plus I have three armor.
0: okay, so you would activate him for the turn, right, which that's not your command token. You're flipping your skill token
1: because he is because of my skill token. That's oh. the only reason I have him. He was my bonus that I got with this token.
0: <clears throat> okay.
1: That's what I'm supposed to do with this particular
0: one. It actually says you get an extra command token?
1: It acts oh, as the command wow, token. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't
0: quite realize that.
1: Yeah, it's fancy. That's why I chose it. Okay. Okay, so if I flip that, then I block for six because I have block three plus my defense of three, right? No. Oh, block, my
0: God. Block has to block the entire attack in order to stop you from taking what damage. What good is
1: my defense?
0: It reduces wounds from unblocked attacks.
1: Then I don't want to do that. Okay. Then I will just reduce three wounds.
0: Okay, so you take three wound cards into your hand.
1: Okay, and then when this guy attacks me, since I reduce three wounds, he does no damage, right? Correct. Oh, that's confusing.
0: There's your three wound cards. from that And they go into attack. my hand? They go into your hand.
1: Okay, well I'll be discarding them, you so... Can't.
0: They stay in your hand. You're not allowed to discard wound cards. That's I'm betting weird. you did already because no, do, I don't. Oh yeah, I've never almost, had any wounds. Right. They they lock up your hands. Got it. You have to rest. We went over that.
1: Got it. Okay. So now what?
0: Now you have to attack them back. You get the chance to attack back. Okay. And according to this, <clears throat> um, oh wait, it says no unit can be assigned <sighs> damage. Oh, that's just units. Sorry. Okay, so according to this, this is why I'm kind of getting confused. It says, attacking, during the ranged and siege attack and in the attack phase, you have more options. You can play one big attack to attack multiple enemies. Your attack has to be greater than the total armor of all the chosen enemies. Yeah, so you can do that. So
1: if I take this red die... Right. Then I have an attack four, plus if I... Uh, do him, I have another attack three, so that's seven attack, that kills them both. Right?
0: Right. Yeah, Done. you do it.
1: Okay. They're both dead. Okay. Ta-da! So I get what, two reputation for killing both of them, plus seven fame? Is that right?
0: No, you get reputation for only the rampaging enemy.
1: Okay, so one reputation, and then I get seven fame. One.
0: Two, three. Hey. And
1: at this point, I get to do two of these and then pick one of these cards, right? Right. right. Oh, my Lord.
0: What? Oh, and you get a... Uh, what is your reward? You get an artifact. So you get two of these cards, and you have to decide one of which to pick. So oh, my goodness. Okay, we so... We just gave you 20 minutes of stuff to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, give me just... No, just give me a minute.
0: <laughs> well, you're trying... I mean, seriously. Okay. It's I'm. Bonkers. That was a brave move, Nicole. Big move, but you, you can hear once again that these large attacks just compound the issue because you can it's fight them each one by one if that's going to benefit you or you can try to just knock them all out at once if you're a big tough guy
2: mm-hmm.
0: and taking them all on at once does i mean they still combine i think all their attack into like some massive attack didn't they or no they attacked you each one at a time but you mm-hmm. can attack back because your your ranged happens first then their attack then your attack So they both got to attack you one time each and you were able to block three or something like that, but you could only soak up to three per attack fight or whatever. So I don't like the defense in this game. (laughs) You don't like the wound reducing?
1: No, I don't like the the block the whole thing. Or
0: Right. There's blocks, there's block effects, and there's defense. Block is like evading the attack and defense is absorbing the attack.
1: Which is confusing. Right. And again, not well scripted in
0: the book. But, Nicole, here's the thing. We're pretty far into this game, and you're starting to make some really big moves. And I need to respond, but first, this happens.
1: Okay, I can either do Whisper in the Treetops, once around, flip this to gain one white crystal to your inventory, and one green mana token. Right. What's the difference between a mana token and a crystal? What are these mana tokens they're talking about?
0: I don't know.
1: Have we been doing this all wrong?
0: I don't know. I thought those were mana tokens. They don't have tokens for mana.
1: There's no little discs? No. Little cardboard no. thingies? Well, then I don't know what to do with that, because that's the one I want, because the other one's
0: stupid. I don't know what the difference between tokens and crystals are. Is a token like a temporary, is is that die considered? No, because it says mana die. It says it all the time. But
1: this says token. One green, it says one white crystal to your inventory and one green mana token.
0: I don't know what that means, then. Maybe it just means that you get an extra one for the turn. Maybe I'm screwing that up. (laughs) <laughs> Let's just Where's
1: the box?
0: It's over here on the floor. There's nothing in it. There's no tokens. All the tokens we have are just duplicated with the other people. That's all that's left in there.
1: I thought I saw like little weird tokens. No,
0: there's shields. These are the shields for the other two characters. There's the other two characters. There's their little movement things. Here's their little level up things. Here's their skills. There's no tokens.
1: Those little castles.
0: Those are castles. Those are for towns. The cities.
1: Oh. Well, I don't know what this means then. <laughs> there's
0: there's no tokens. Those, And in fact, the crystals say mana tokens in the front of the book.
1: Well, why does it make a differentiation on the stupid card? I don't know. Because even on this one, and leaves in the wind, it says once around, flip this to gain one green crystal to your inventory and right. one white mana token.
0: I don't care. <coughs> They're both the same thing.
1: Okay, well, they're going to be for our game. Because
0: labeled in the front of this book is mana tokens, and they're those crystals. So I don't care what they say. Hmm. Okay, I so... I don't care what they say. <laughs> Two hours into this game, we discover there's this weird differentiation between crystals and tokens.
1: Right, which makes no sense. And
0: this is, this is when you get into what a lot of people complain about is these nitpicky rules. They have two purposes for the same game piece.
1: Which is... It should be illegal. It should be a law. (laughs)
0: Um, Crystals are mana tokens that get added to your inventory and carried over from round to round. Tokens are temporary mana added to your turns inventory that have to be used by the end of your turn or discarded. They both use the same acrylic game piece
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and... We decide that we're going to ignore this because I know for a fact that I have messed this rule up so many times during this game to gain additional effects that there's no reason even trying to fix this rule at this point. Okay.
1: Even with that, I feel like the game is just really stupidly hard mostly to move
0: (laughs) (laughs) so at this point we pretty much decide to ignore how many mistakes we made and just kind of move forward from here Mm -hmm. now either way truly i'm looking at how many you know you're higher level than me and you've progressed farther you've got as many artifacts as i do you've killed more monsters you're not as popular as i am okay because you've done some bad stuff. You did
1: bad stuff. I know, I but was higher. On were you? Yes.
0: Oh, I'm not as popular as You're you. You're not
1: as popular as me.
0: So I mean, I really feel people like people love me. Looking over at your side <laughs> of the table at this point, I really feel like I need to make some sort of comeback. So let's let's finish out this turn and see if I'm able to do anything. I use this one, and I'll take a green from there, and I'll flip this tile. It's our final one, which is the city. So i got to figure out what happens when we play the city card. This goes where? What the heck? There it is. It goes like this. No? No. Where's that A? It's supposed to orient there.
1: Right. It's right there. There you go. Good job. Okay. This sucks. (coughs) Why? Because there's two rampaging things, and then there's the city. So you need to get the city out of the uh, box, right?
0: I don't know. Hold on.
1: Yeah, it's fancy.
0: These rampage... Oh. I know, everything's really, really tough, isn't it? This thing goes here. Uh, we don't really get oh, yeah. to do anything in the city. Let's, let's just look at the end well, conditions.
1: Well, you could still put it on there. Let me look we'll at look, the
0: end conditions I before I go through the effort. We'll, we'll pull it I'm out. Bending
1: better. down and grabbing that piece. <clears throat>
0: Let me just—I'm saying. Oh God! Please, I'm done. I bent at the waist. Please allow me to read the book again. Okay? okay. When a player reveals the city, all players, including them, have one last turn. If the round ends during this, the game ends immediately. What? That's what it says. So, in other words, I get one more turn, and you get one more turn after this reveal. That's it. To do what? Try to gain more points. Here's
1: not your... to actually get to the city?
0: Here's your little city. Of course, that's the click wheel. I don't even know what it does. Why has
1: it got a hero clicks wheel?
0: Because it's Kids who made this game.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. And every game has to have a hero
0: <laughs> click wheel. That's not true. That was uh, hands
1: down my favorite part of the game.
0: What, <laughs> the hero click wheel <laughs> yeah. on the cities? <laughs> you would expect them on the heroes. Since they're a quick, you know, but the, no, that's it's how they traditionally the city, It's like,
1: what is this? I don't
0: even know what they do, honestly. I, I, I never didn't... even looked in the rules. I was so frustrated uh, with how many I had read. I didn't even bother to check. Yeah. There's a wheel on this, and it does something. It doesn't even have numbers. I think it, it just goes has like.
1: round and round.
0: It has like color codings on it, and I'm sure it has something to do with like if you're going to destroy this city for no reason, it's resistant to. Regular attacks and ranged attacks or mm-hmm. something like that. It's probably something similar to that where it randomizes probably. some defenses or something. I don't know. But a couple of games that they've released have not had click wheels. Uh, Trains and Stations had no click wheels.
1: That was theirs?
0: Yep. Hmm. Uh, dice Masters doesn't have any click wheels. Well, it's called dice. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? I'm just saying. Uh, they don't. So there are some that don't have click wheels. Uh, but at this point in the game for I us. I always
1: love like a common thread like that. Kind of thing, though. I was listening to another podcast today. Yeah. Or not today, but the other day. And it was talking about... They talk about movies and kind of go through the whole movie and whatnot. Right. And I was listening to one about Creepshow. Do you remember the Stephen King? It's got the five different shows. And I know the creep All show. tied yeah. together through the little comic book. Go ahead. With Creepmaster. And one of the things that I, I noticed, like, way before the internet was a thing, was that in the very first uh, story... Uh, the lady kills her dad with the ashtray, with this marble ashtray. Right. And if you watch carefully, that marble ashtray is in every single segment of that that movie. <laughs> it's in all five of the different stories, and it's in the right. the tie together common theme. I love that. That's why I like the hero clicks thing so much.
0: Well, it's not in every game.
1: I know that's disappointing to me. <laughs> I, I wish you would have left that part out. And Too just... bad. Left me my imagination of, oh, they do that in every game. That's <laughs> so bad. awesome. What good guy. There's no
0: marble ashtray in this game. oh <laughs> All right. Smoke. So uh, this is the point of the game for us. We are just trying to find a city and end the game. So we are really last. We're down to our last couple turns. And let's just hear my last turn. because it's my last chance to do anything. I am going to... Move, So I, I move right here.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And I use a green to move the four spaces. So I march into this space right next to the rampaging red dragon. Okay? Okay. Now, my I'm not going to range attack him. I don't think I can anyways. So I don't think I can do this. Can I even do this? I don't know. I don't think I can. Oh, yeah, I can. Okay, so I'm not going to try, and I'm not going to range attack him. So here's what I do. I do a block three,
1: uh-huh.
0: which which is this token. I can do it once per turn. And then I can do this block four, which would be seven, but I need 12 to get rid of him. Because it's it's ice block, isn't it?
1: Ice I could do, and fire. Both. Well, this
0: would be like two is it is it one of each? How does this work? Each turn or 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 great. So if I hit him, he's going to take he's going to become wounded basically. I'm I'm basically making my Utem get wounded. Okay. So they they become used and they get a wound on them. Okay. Okay. I don't have to use the block thing that was dumb. <clears throat> All right. So then since I've just thrown my guys in front of a dragon, I then have to generate nine attack back, which I haven't used a die from the center. I use my red token there. That's four. If I don't, haven't done that yet, I can get a times three. So this will be three. That's seven, eight, nine. I've done nine points of damage, and I kill the dragon. Okay. It's all physical there attack. You go. And he dies. I get nine levels one two three four five six seven eight nine which means i level up again okay so there i killed a red dragon now is killing the red dragon enough to win the game
1: dragons are tough
0: i know but i'm like i've been trailing in points this whole time i mean i had to make a huge comeback there and these points that you generate at the end of the game are counted on that little uh the other track, the, the fame track, that's your points to win. You have to be the most famous hero at the end. Mm -hmm. So when you're leveling up, that's just you gaining points and becoming, it becomes easier to gain points as you go up. But one of the things that happens during the course of that is there is some point, like a tipping point where all of a sudden you don't get as many points for smaller level creatures. Remember that? Mm -hmm. So, uh, at this point you have to fight big stuff like dragons or else you're wasting your time. It doesn't quite pay off as much. Uh, but th- that's the last turn that we're going to play here. And let's just hear the results because I'm, I'm going to spare you a ton of excessive math because there's just.
1: There's a lot.
0: Every little thing in up. this adds into points. It felt like I was playing a Steffenfeld game for a second at the very end of this. It
1: kind of did, yeah. Okay,
0: so let's just hear the end of the scoring phase just to make this short and sweet the greatest beating each player loses two fame for each wound they have in their deck and I just lost Uh, not on units the player who lost the most fame this way loses an additional three fame for being the greatest beaten so
1: I lost because I actually took a chance
0: so you lost seven points sorry six six points right so you go down to thirty two and that's that's it Whereas the most fame now is the winner. That's you. I can't believe they, they don't associate any fame with reputation.
1: Reputation just makes it easier to buy these guys and get them in your thing, so that hmm.
0: probably equals out. Yeah, I won that game, baby. I'm sorry. Yeah, you should be. I shouldn't be sorry. I tried hard, I read a lot of rules. <laughs> second nicole take my hand take my hands okay yeah nicole Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's no one i like beating more than you
1: oh thanks (laughs) that would sound weird (laughs) in any other context (laughs) (laughs) don't
0: don't tell that to the police
1: say that in general (laughs) you know how long ago did you write my jingle for me
0: Oh, I don't know, sometime in April, I think, something like that.
1: Oh, that's not as long back as I thought it
0: was. But I think I wrote it in April. I think April. we've
1: only heard it like once.
0: No, we've played it a couple times.
1: Have we? Two. Have we? Two. What? I don't believe you.
0: I, I, I can go back and look.
1: Well, your your job tonight is to go back <laughs> and look, but not right now. No way. Whatever. <laughs> Put that down.
0: Put no, the phone down. I'm not putting this phone down. Um. So, well, I mean, here's the thing. What do you like about this game? It ended. You like that it ended? (laughs) That's it.
1: No, I, you know, it's got some great aspects to it. Right. It's just a little too ambitious, I think, especially for the, the rule book being written the way that it was. I didn't think it was helpful. I thought that it was too fidgety. Sorry, I went into things I didn't like, but I mean, it, when I really sit back and think about it and, and listen to to how the game works, I really feel like what they intended it to be is a role-playing game come to life, like Final Fantasy, basically. Yeah. Because you have different creatures that are susceptible to ice and some that are resistant to ice and fire and all of that. And, you know, you had all your different spells and you'd go fight a slime and if you froze it, then it was dead instantly. And if you just hit it with your sword, then it just it just gets stuck in the slime, basically, and do, like, one hit point of damage. So, right. I mean, I felt like that's kind of where they were going with it, but it was just so complex getting there. It just right. had so much potential to be something really... <clears throat> and I think, really, if you played it enough times and, and memorized the game, it it still has that potential. If you got all those rules under your belt as many times as it okay, took you're, to you're, play.
0: You're doing dislikes, too.
1: I can't help it. It's it's kind of all tied together on that.
0: Okay. Well, I what I like about this is it feels very unique in this genre. Yeah. Very unique. There's there's nothing quite like it. I mean, honestly, it, Shadows of Malice is probably about the closest I've felt to this as far as like these game mechanics go. Uh, but... This one feels very unique and still fairly thematic too mm-hmm. like I still feel like I'm having a very good adventure game, you know, I'm playing like this big this big movement across there, and the fact that you're not just your hero by himself, you know like conan the barbarian you're you're gaining troops and you're you're getting more troops as you level up and become more famous, and more people will join you and follow you, and it, be, it makes it able for you to do even more. I think that's really cool.
1: I, I agree with that. I like the exploration aspect of it, right. too. And not knowing what's going to be on the other side of the tile when you explore the next area. Right. Or
0: even that's inside of each exciting. tomb. Each tomb has a shuffled amount of whatever could happen inside of it.
1: See, and that's part of where I ha- my downfall, too, though, is I explored one of those tombs and kind of wasted a little time there, I think. Because it wasn't the, the the point of the mission was to find the city, right. not to goof around in the tomb and kill monsters, but I like that part that
0: but you gained like an artifact off of it, and that, well, that that's added true. to your points at the end of the game too. yeah. so uh another thing, I think that this is one of these games that you're not getting the full reward at game one. you just aren't true. This this game is going to reward you more on game five than it does on game one, two, three, or four.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It just will. Mm-hmm. And as you continue to familiarize yourself with this rule set, which is which is large and lengthy, it's going to become more rewarding, I think, as you play it. And that's what generates those incredibly high scores on Board Game Geek. Mm-hmm. Uh, truly, um, I like that it's card driven. I really think that's fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when you play these games, they're point allowance systems. And it's like, oh, you get to move two spaces, or it's like just, you get to only get to move two spaces, two spaces every turn. two spaces,
1: unless you have the flying boots, and then you get to move three. <laughs> right.
0: Or unless right. you play the elf, then you get to move three from the start. Right, because
1: you know? they're always fast. <clears throat> what?
0: Of course, they're fast and not strong and good with bows. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Clichés. But the, uh, <laughs> I like that it's card-driven. I like that, that whole aspect of you don't know exactly what you can do every turn, and it, and it, it does make you think. But... Of course, that thinking is the downfall of the multiplayer aspect of this.
1: You're talking about dislikes. We're talking about likes right now.
0: So let's continue. <laughs> uh, I think the last thing I'm going to say that's really good about this game is after our first game, I looked at how much material... Th- we didn't even get the full material in this first game because it gave us an abbreviated version of like the troops that you could add and that kind of thing. And we didn't even touch spells.
1: No. And we, didn't...
0: we only got to see a couple of artifacts... <laughs> and there's a whole deck full right there's so much in this game, still, yeah, just a truckload of things in this game, still to see and still to understand but i know? would
1: almost I would almost recommend playing that first scenario like two or three times in a row before you even try the rest of it, just to make sure that you fully understand right. The fight mechanic and what the different uh, locations do, because that was something. And, and we we cut the clip because there's a lot of clips in this one. Right. Um. But at one point I was like, OK, well, I'm going to recruit this group. And no, couldn't do that because I was in the wrong type of area. I wasn't at a monastery. I was wherever I was. Right. And you had to be in the monastery. You were in a village and not a a monastery. And there
0: were monastery-only troops out on the board, which you could only recruit at a monastery.
1: Which you only noticed if you looked at the fine print on the side of the card that had this little icon that is too small to see from halfway across the table. Right. So you almost had to pick it up and look at it to see, can I even buy this here? It's not available everywhere. You're limited on what you can buy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I would say play it multiple times just in the exploration first scenario and get that under your belt once you know how to do it then the rest of that i think
0: would really come to life right now uh obviously in my dislikes i'm gonna say the rules are presented so heavily at you i mean they have to have they should have smaller adventures that use less rules i think it's the best way to make this digestible the the amount of rules you're supposed to know even with their walkthrough that the amount of rules you're going to forget or miss or Mm -hmm. mess up is astounding Mm -hmm. it's it's just piles of them on top of you Mm -hmm. and you are going to mess these up yeah you're going to so i mean that's honestly my biggest dislike is there's so many rules in this and there's so many nitpicky elements when i was writing the rule write-up for the start of this I just piles of information was coming into my mind about what else I could say during that and saying, it's just going to feel like a a pile of nothing. Mm -hmm. People are just going to dismiss it and go, well, what is, I don't even know what all this is. This is just a ridiculous amount of information just to attack a, a creature. I have to read five symbols on the chip. And then look at my cards and generate this much attack unless I generate that kind of attack instead. And if he has defenses of this, then I have to do this other type of attack. And it becomes incredibly dense really quick. Mm-hmm. So I think they needed a better way to present the rules.
1: And, and, and without the warnings, that really bugged me. That they're immediately saying, this game is really hard. This game is so hard. Don't read this part. Read that part because this is hard. <laughs> do you think this is hard? I think this is going to be hard.
0: It's like they recognize there's a problem and they didn't even and they try didn't to fix, fix it. <laughs> it. They just
1: warned you about it. Um, and I seriously, I got bored. Like I, I, I did open up the rule book th- first, thinking I, you're supposed to read the rules first. I'll read the rules first, and I'll, the first thing I read is a two paragraph disclaimer. Right. And then I go to the other book and read more disclaimers. So I've sat there reading for you know a good five minutes, and all I've heard is warning, warning. You know. So okay. I mean that's. That put me off. That put me off a lot right so, off the start.
0: Another thing I don't like about this is, is on the box, it says 1 to 4. Oh, my
2: god! And gosh. I'm going to
0: say to you that this game is not playable 1 to 4, acceptably fun to play 1 to 4 until both of you have, I would All say, at least five, until everyone involved has at least five solo plays under their belt. It would be agonizing right, to play with them.
1: Right, and, and even was. then it's going to be, you're going to get pretty bored in between rounds because even if even if you have a lot of knowledge, there's a lot of options that you have to consider.
0: Right. Now, I, this is the funny thing is when I first got this, I played it twice solo, like almost immediately. And I had a pretty good time playing by myself solo. Mm-hmm. Fast forward another year and a half later when this gets picked by our guild... I don't remember the rules well enough. I got these like sparks of of remembrance, but nothing like the amount of detail that's in this game. Mm -hmm. So I struggle through it almost as badly as I did the first time. And then I'm having to deal with you struggling through it too, which compounds the issue even more. And it just, it was rough Mm -hmm. to get through. I tried to keep as high spirited as I could, but it was rough. I would say that that one to four isn't, reasonable to even put on the box. I would just put one. <laughs> and then I would put in the back of the book, I would say multiplayer variant. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's that's how I would sell this game because it's not that great. Multiplayer.
1: Well, not with people that don't know what they're doing. Right. So
0: um, um
1: another complaint I have too is, uh, and this again, it, it ties into something that I actually like. I like the variation in the game. Like you've got the different kinds of tokens and there's several dip- different uh Types of tokens with monsters on them, like there's, there's the one that you only get these monsters in the tomb and you only get these monsters in the keep and you only get these, the, the, all of these are rampaging monsters. And depending on where you are on the board, you bring out just a hidden hidden monster. Right. What I didn't like is there's no... I mean, other than the fact that you don't get to get into a tomb... In your first two tiles, it's mostly just rampaging monsters. There's not a lot of uh, progression with them getting tougher. They're just there. And the, some of them will just kick your butt right, right off the bat. Right. And, or have the elemental. Well, you can't beat an elemental creature right off the bat because your cards, there's no way you're going to get lucky enough to have the right cards and the right mana mm-hmm. all together at the same time yeah. right from the beginning. You have to acquire those things. Right. And I didn't feel like we did a lot of that. Right. So it made it, it made it the monsters too hard from the beginning. Like there was no good level up for the monsters like to be able to defeat the monsters in my opinion.
0: Right. Does that make sense? It does. Oh, good. Okay. It does. Um, what else? What else? What else? I don't know.
1: I don't know. I mean, it's, it's this, like I said, I can see so much potential in the game and yet. Okay. Well, I didn't hate playing it though.
0: I think it goes without saying, but what would you say the difficulty is of this game? A
1: five and a half. Yeah, it's a five. (laughs) Maybe a six or seven. (laughs) It's a
0: five out of five. You would never try to introduce this to someone who's never played games before. No. This would ruin it. Yeah. This is like the the advanced squad leader, which is a notoriously difficult game Uh of, of board games. It just is. It's just one of those games. Yeah. There's just too much to know to try to just casually teach it to someone and for them to have fun.
1: I don't think I would ever suggest it to play with somebody who's never played it. I would have them, I would want them to approach me and saying, have you ever played this game? It looks interesting.
0: Someone would have to tell me to get me to play this game with somebody else. They would have to come up to me and go, hey, have you ever played my very favorite game ever? I'm an expert at it and I would love to play this today. Would you like to play this with me? It's called Mage Knight, the board game.
1: And then I'd I'd go, I have no clue how to play that. So if you're willing to teach to me. I can slog along. No, I'm
0: saying I would say I've played it poorly a few times, <laughs> and you will laugh at all the mistakes I make. If you still want to play it with me, I could probably humor you for a while. You know. So
1: you would only ever play it in an impossible situation.
0: I would only ever play it two player at the most.
1: That too. Yeah.
0: I can't. I can't imagine trying to go through a four player game of this. I mean, you'd have to absolutely love this, and you and it would take. I, I'm telling you, most of the day.
1: Some people love that, though. Right. And if that's your thing, go for it. So but... what would
0: you give this as a rating out of five?
1: I mean, it is a good game. It really, it was it was interesting. Um, I, I love Runebound, and I was looking forward to the end of the Runebound game right. more than I was looking forward to the end of this game, other than the fact that it was just starting to take too long. Okay. So for everything that it has to offer, other than the fact that I really don't know how to play it well enough, I'd actually say it's a four.
0: Yeah. I would say as a solo player game, this is a solid four. I would say as a multiplayer game, I think even best case scenario, you're looking at maybe a three.
1: No, nah, I think best case scenario, it could actually squeak its way into a five if you...
0: As a solo if, play, no, it could squeak I'd into say, a five. I'd I say think.
1: even the, even a two player, if, if both players really knew what they were doing. It could squeak
0: into a what five What about a four-player game?
1: No one. No. Mm-mm. But I'm not that gamer, okay? I don't want to play the same game all day. I just right. don't.
0: Well, if I'm, I'm going to have
1: all day, I'm going to play a few games. I'm
0: saying by yourself, it's probably a four, maybe a five, if you're really into this kind of really high-level gaming. Mm-hmm. And as a multiplayer game, I'm saying it's probably going to be a three. If, if you're all masters at this game and you play three three, two, or or three or two players, you might be able to squeak it into a four. I don't think it touches five. So
1: I actually like this game more than you did, I think.
0: I think so, but I still like it. This is what's funny is I like this game. That's what's, that's what's ridiculous. And I, in my mind, I go, I wouldn't mind playing this by myself. Mm-hmm. No offense.
1: I would never play this by myself, but I don't play board games by myself. I play video games. That's what I'm
0: saying, but no offense. But I think about it and I go, if I go on a long business trip, I could take this with me and I could have like a really long evening where all I do is order chicken wings and play this (laughs) game. Yeah, I
1: anticipate I will probably never play this game again because who else do I play with? But here's the thing. I
0: like it so much that I bought Star Trek Frontiers.
1: Mm Mm-hmm
0: the the Star Trek version of the exact same game that's been sort of retooled by Andrew Parks, a name you might re- recognize from our plays of Core Worlds
2: mm-hmm.
0: when we played that game uh, on a five for five. That's who designed that game, and he did a reimagining of Mage Knight as, as Star Trek, yeah, which is cool. So we bought that game as well. <coughs> but guess what? What? That's the review of this game. That's done. That's Mage Mage Knight the board game, and it was. Uh, Brought to you by the voice 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 of 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 the people. people. What, you hate that? So goofy. (laughs) I don't care. Now that means it's time for us to play again the game that lets people choose which game we play in an upcoming episode. It's time for those of you playing at home to get a chance to win a fabulous game review of your choice in an upcoming episode. Simply listen to these choices and cast your vote at our Board Game Geek Guild. Must be a member of our guild and reply by the Friday after this release. Standard Board Game Geek Guild membership required. See Guild for information on how you can join. Finding our guild is as simple as going to our website, talkaboutboardgames.com, and clicking the forums button at the top of the page. All right. So, once again, Mage Knight was brought to you by... A vote on our guild.
1: And we've got a couple new guild members. Hey, all right. I was excited. So well, hopefully they did that so that they can, uh, well, be part of the podcast. I know, as your first
0: action as brand new build- guild members, you guys can vote, vote. for the <laughs> next game that we're going to review voted on by the guild. That's right. Now, the choices, we have three of them, like we usually do. And uh, the three this time, number one is Automania, and this is a uh, sort of mechanical based kind of uh car manufacturing game and and the the, the positive thing i heard about this was un, unlike some of the other auto manufacturing games you can uh because there are other car manufacturing games
1: there's a craft wagon <laughs> that's a auto manufacturing game isn't it i don't know i think so
0: kanban automotive Revolution's another one Oh i don't know that one but that's not this game okay we're playing automania and it's and it's uh but what did it say they said that this game is really good because you can build a car on your, like, second turn. Okay. I guess the other ones, it takes a while to figure out how to build a car. Uh, the next one is a the released the same year by the same company as the game we played this week. If you'd like to hear us play Star Trek Fleet Captains, you would hear Nicole and I exploring through space and flipping over hexagonal tiles and finding planets and exploring them and accomplishing secret goals from each other.
1: Did we play this before? Like, you and I, not on the podcast. We've
0: played it not on the podcast, yes. I don't
1: remember. We've played
0: it twice I thought that was the
1: card game. No, we've played it twice. That's a different one?
0: Nope, we've played it twice. Okay. The third one is by Flying Frog Productions. This is a uh, cooperative game or competitive. We could play it either way. You could vote on that, too. (laughs) <laughs> um, or, and you can also vote on the Star Trek fleet captains If you wanted us to play, I have the Romulans, the Klingons and the Federation. So you could vote on which one of us, which ones you want us to play on just that as that well. In the comments? Um, yeah, just put a comment if you have a choice of those, uh, conquest of planet earth is a flying frog games production and you are aliens invading earth. And I think, I can't remember if you're trying, you're just trying to score lots of points and I have an expansion for that and we got all sorts of cool stuff that you can use in that game but you're fighting soundtrack Mm, i don't know i don't for some reason i don't feel like it does but it may is it it the weird
1: one that didn't i thought there was one (laughs) weird one that didn't
0: should i don't know
1: if it does we'll play the soundtrack
0: right um so the conquest of planet earth is the last one it's kind of a cool little co-op or competitive game
1: we'll play competitive (sighs) right why would we play together come on
0: I know, I have to play <laughs> someone's jingle and it's exactly. not going to be yours. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> now, uh, we appreciate your input into this decision between these three games, and I will post a poll up on the guild uh, as of the day of this release. And we uh, <coughs> would like to uh, get you to join our guild by going on our website, talkaboutboardgames.com, clicking forums at button in the upper left corner, and going to Board Game Geek where our guild exists and there you can vote on this game and while you do that guess what we're going to do we're going to end this episode right nicole
1: that's right
0: now another thing you can do other than joining our guild is you can be sure to like us on facebook uh you can also follow us on twitter that's at ta board games Uh, You can follow us on Instagram. I don't know what we're called on that. Talk about board games. There you go. That's hard to figure out. (laughs) You can tell your friends and
1: coworkers and family members and people you don't like that much, hey, I know this great podcast. You guys should listen. (laughs) Word of mouth is a wonderful thing.
0: (laughs) You're like, if you want to hear the TV dinner of podcasts... (laughs) I, not really a real meal. <laughs> sort of an insta meal. No. You're funny. In two weeks, though, we will begin our Halloween month of horror games. Mm. Now, uh, <laughs> this will be two horror games in a row. <laughs> Sorry. You're uh, cracking beginning this yourself month. Up. I know. Beginning of the month, we will start with the finale of one of our five for five games that we're currently in called Don't Turn Your Back. A Game of Nightmares by Eric B. Vogel. So, (laughs) see you in Halloween month of October. Thank you so much for listening.
1: I'm going to take, God, do I want a refreshing walk? Blue crystal.
0: It makes the best stir fry. (laughs) refreshing clock I get it that
1: was
2: good